0: So, today I'm reading from Ephesians 3, verses 1 to 13, and this is the NLT translation. God's mysterious plan revealed. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me my special responsibility of extending his grace to the Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now, by His Spirit, He has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus." By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all, God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had given me. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please, don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honoured. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Oh, thank you. First time I've done this, so I do apologize. Um, I think it's almost all been all said this morning, so there's not much I can add. Um, Maybe not, I'm sorry, Francis. What I would like you to um, take away from this morning, though, when you've um, forgotten everything I'm about to say, is we've heard about God's mysterious plan. Um, And we are walking through a, a book called Ephesians, and I'm going to attempt to unpack a little bit of what I don't understand of that book. There is the word mystery and mysterious is a word that I think fully uh, applies to the Bible and God, and anybody that thinks they understand a lot of what they read um, perhaps need to do a bit more digging, I know I did, and I'm going to attempt you a little what I may understand about this passage. So firstly my thanks to Aaron and to John for their work over the last few weeks in um, unpacking some of this book. So we've heard about God's mysterious plan revealed. Um, I'm an understandaholic which means I like to understand things and when I came to this passage that you've just heard I had to stop and go. What? Where do I start? Um, and I had to look at it in the NIV, the NLT, the Message. Um, do we have? We do. Thank you. So, in the Message, part of this passage says, "And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head." I thought, yes, that's me. <laughs> the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. Wow, what does that mean? Where do I start? So here I am <laughs> um, Luke, in his absence, has encouraged us to attempt to summarize our talk in one sentence, so the sermon in a sentence. Um, that was almost my sermon in a sentence, but I thought no, no that's not that's not it let's let's try and uh, unpack this and then bring it back together. So for me, uh the sermon in a sentence was that God's love through Jesus includes me for all the things that I've been through and done um, and he includes you and he includes everyone, not just a certain group of people. His plan has always been to bless everyone. So once I try and understand what is that, how can I uh, carry that around? I'm challenged to humbly serve others because we're all on the same level. We're all the same in relation to how, how good or how bad we've been. God will forgive us, uh, which is the mystery of uh, the message of, of Christ and of God. So let's back up a bit. And I'll try and unpack a little bit more about this, this book called the Ephesians and where it's come from. And I hope that something I might say will prompt or at least um, stay with, with some of you or, or some of you um, as you as you go today. Um, as I mentioned, I have an immediate problem when I came to this passage. John, a couple of weeks ago, said that the mind and wisdom of God is unfathomable. Blast! My understanding is not going to work. I'm, I'm attempting to to get this thing down and understandable it's beyond understanding so how do you come to this uh, what are we doing why are we here there's there's a, a place for faith as well as an understanding and knowledge i'd like to bring you some knowledge if i can behind the scenes from paul from his letter and from the ephesians um, we need to look at a little bit of Bible history, and already we've had some Bible history from John in the, in the talk with the um, with our, um, our um, bread and wine. Um, we've talked about some, I think Cameron, as I said, it's all, it's, all, it's all been said. Cameron has mentioned already the the family of Abraham of Jacob from Israel. I think the heart of the message from all this, and the reason we are here, is this thing that we call the gospel. This is the core message of the church. It's the message that the church carries. It's the message that the church is commissioned to carry and spread. Jesus on the cross voluntarily surrendered his life so that others may live beyond death. That's way over my head. I can't understand that. How would a guy like that do what he did? Who was he and how did it work? Again, I have to place my, I want to understand aside and approach it in faith. And there are millions of people throughout the centuries who have done just that. All ages, all languages, all tribal groups, all countries have been able to understand this. Or at least pick it up and run with it. This gospel message changes hearts and it changes minds. It brings justice it brings forgiveness it benefits people on their own it benefits societies collectively with it's it's happening across the planet i don't understand it but through faith i can see it and in some ways appreciate what happens the gospel dramatically changed paul the apostle and i'd like to briefly remind you that a lot of people here who are not All about what I'm gonna say. And for those of you, I apologize, this is bread and butter, it's you know it already. But there may be people out there or online who haven't heard this before. If so, thank you for your patience to listen. The gospel goes against my ingrained desires. It focuses on other people, on others, rather than self-preservation. We heard we sang a song about the worldly treasures. I left the church in eight when I was 18 years old and for 11 years sought those wealthy treasures it didn't work i think god was patiently waiting up there until i finally found that out and said i'm god you're not yeah come back and he was uh, gracious in bringing me back for some the gospel is an unwelcome message it's not welcomed in places where it goes against a social structure. Um, the way things are done, it's, it costs people freedom. It costs people lives throughout history. It can bring loss, suffering, and grief to those who do accept the gospel. A high price at an incredible cost So we've got Paul the Apostle who's writing to some people in a place, we'll find out about in a minute, saying he's in prison. But don't worry, it's okay. I'm suffering hardship for you. Again, my understanding brain goes, what? I don't get that at all. How can this be? We have Paul, who used to be called Saul, used to kill people for the same message that he's now proclaiming. Again my brain goes off into the world of I don't get it. So we're walking our way through this book called Ephesians and I will explain that in a minute. Last week Aaron brought us through chapter two. The Ephesians book has six chapters. You can read it. It's very short. It's very deep. For those of us uh, who are linear thinkers, from one line to the next to the next, uh, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> it explodes in three dimensions and goes everywhere. I think Paul had trouble choosing his words to just get down. the so many concepts that he's trying to put, put across, as I'm struggling to get across to you right now. Um, the focus of our message in Ephesians is the word, therefore, So we read something, and then you go, well, so what? Oh, hang on. Therefore, how does it apply to me? What, if anything, should I do differently? Should I do anything differently, or should I just carry on as I am? So, living the gospel of Christ, some things that we've heard about, unity in the body. We desire that we could walk in love, humility, and forgiveness. And we've already heard from John this morning about how we're called to those things. They go right against my grain. And yet we're challenged and we're asked and we're encouraged to see what these things mean and how do they work. How can, they, how, can, how can I do them in, in my life? How can we do them as a church? How can we do them, do them beyond our church among the world that we live Okay, this is a useful slide coming up, please, Doug. Previously, previously, in the past, now, and then. Three parts of time. Previously, Ephesian believers were separate from Christ. They were strangers socially and spiritually from the promises for Israel, without hope and without God. Now, the Ephesian believers are at peace, reconciled with God, marked by faith in Jesus Christ sealed with the Holy Spirit, and, the next slide, so then they are members of the household of God, all one in Christ Jesus, living stones as a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What did all that mean? We need to go back to some background and some history, some facts and figures, and I'm going to attempt to do that as fast as I can people over here and others. So our passage today is from Ephesians chapter 3, we heard from, it's written by this guy who said, I Paul, who? A prisoner in Rome, where? AD 63, when? That's a long time ago folks, that's nearly 2,000 years ago. let look at what relevance could that possibly be to us in 2020. He's writing to some people in a church at a place called Ephesus where we need some background. So the next slide, thanks, guys. Um, Ephesus is, play, is, is you, There are people. Sorry, is anybody here actually been to Ephesus? If you have, please raise your hand. Wow, thank you, sir. This place, this, a city. Was it was a city uh, or a very large um, uh, town in ancient times? In the Roman Empire, the Roman and Greek Empire, there were Greek and Roman gods and goddesses who were worshipped at this place in the west of Turkey. Paul writes from Rome, so I just wanted to show you briefly where we are on the map, on the planet. And the next slide will show us, at that time, we can see that, again, here's Ephesus on the west of the coast of what was then called Asia, near a place called Galatia. There are other places called Philippi, Thessalonica, Corinth, Colossae. Paul liked to write. He wrote to people that lived in these places, and the Bible contains some of the letters to the people in Ephesus, the Ephesians, the people in Philippi, the Philippians, the people in Thessalonica, the letter to Thessalonians, etc. So you get the get the gist of where I'm going with this. And again, it's it all happened in Jerusalem, folks. That's where Christ met his death. So Paul, the Apostle, took off and went around this area and here we are today, still talking about it 2,000 years later. Okay, next co- concept we need to understand. There's too many words on this slide, but I will just pull the guts out of it for you. The Old Testament promises to Israel... What does the word Israel mean? That was the name of Jacob after he wrestled with God. Governed by God or wrestled with God. In Genesis, we read that God chose a particular group of people. He chose one man for a start and said, I'm going to make a nation of you. He chose a guy called Abram, who became Abraham, and he said to him, I'm going to make your offspring more than the stars you can count, the the, the grains of sand on the sea. He said to him, leave your country, go somewhere else to a land I'll show you, and I'll make a great nation of you, and I'll bless you. But that's not all. All nations will be blessed through you. He said this again to his grandson Jacob, and again I encourage you to reread some of the Genesis history. Um, The classic story... These people are just like you, and they're just like me. They've got the same desires, the same sin, the same things that they fall apart over, the same needs to come back to God, to be reconciled. God has a plan here. There's a common theme running underneath this chosen group of people. Not just that people; He wants to bless everybody. So that's for me is the takeaway on that slide. With too many words, so I apologize. So the descendants of the tribes of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the tribe of Judah, from which we get the word Jews, they were the people of the promises to Israel, just a bucket of a term to to, um, understand. Under Moses' leadership, they became subject to God's laws, specific laws, commandments and ways to live sacrificing animals for forgiveness. So this is an Old Testament quick snapshot. Now, there's another word we need to understand as well, and this is a term called Gentiles. These are the people who are not in the club. They were not in the chosen group of God's people. They were outcasts and outsiders. These were the guys that were involved in Ephesus, the Roman and Greek god worship. They were strangers socially to the Jews, they were outside spiritually from God, they were without hope, but we also see that God wanted them to be part of his in-crowd as well, as he wants all of us to be in that in-crowd. He intended the people of Israel to shine a light to the Gentiles, and at Christmas time we hear that word, shining a light to the Gentiles. Let's look quickly at the dramatic change of Paul or Saul. Saul was a Hebrew, a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. He was in the inn crowd, and he was at the top of the pile in the inn crowd. In regard to God's laws, a Pharisee, you can read about that yourself, as for zeal, persecuting the church. So Christ had died around AD 33, and a whole bunch of people had decided to practice things differently from the way they were being instructed in the law. That didn't sit well with the Hebrews, the Jews. In fact, it was blasphemy. And so the top of the pile, Paul, Saul at the time, he got all the, the warrant, the law. he had the law behind him, he had the soldiers behind him, he dragged the people away, he killed some and he put many in prison. Yet, for some amazing reason, he flipped. He totally flipped. He writes um, at the end of that... Sorry, back one, please. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So, again, this is pretty central for my own journey. I've seen some close family flip. I have a couple of sisters who are Christians. I was 29 and thought... (laughs) What? What is going on here? I now need to look at this seriously. Saul flipped. What's going on? What happened to him? The next slide shows how his conversion, um, as as he came near Damascus, no more maps, but you can look at the maps later, a great big light stopped him in his tracks. He asked who it was, and it was Jesus, whom he was persecuting. So in a sense, Paul has been exploded upon by God. And he has to suddenly change everything he understands. Everything he knows, everything he trusts, is now totally different. And he suddenly has to, he walks away for a few years in the, in the, in the wilderness to let it all settle and re, rework itself out. So you can read in the book of Acts chapter 7 to 28, describes Paul's actions, his trips, his name change, his being put in jail. He was jailed, he got into big trouble for this dramatic conversion. Okay, so in Ephesians so far, I'm going to jump back to Ephesians. Again, my linear moving through things isn't able to cope with this letter. Uh, We have to jump around. So we've had a bit of a look at Ephesians, we've heard from from John a few weeks back, chapter 1, Aaron, a bit of chapter 2. This reading from Tim this morning picked us up with chapter 3, the first half. It's a linkage passage. The real meat is in before and after the bit I'm talking about. That's the part that you should be focusing on. But I'd like to try and pull them together, if you're still with me. So we've got Paul in big trouble. He's in prison. And he writes, When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles. So I hope you can see me trying to put the, places, the bricks into, a, into place here. As Paul wrote earlier, God Himself revealed His mysterious plan to Paul. So, what is this mysterious plan? The mystery, the mystery of Christ. This is the bit that I struggle to understand. The mystery is that through the gospel, those Gentiles were heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. And for those of you that don't like the NIV, I'll put it out of here again in the NLT, that should be a T. Both enjoy the, promises of, the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Now this morning I woke up and thought, I still haven't got this. I still haven't got this across down in a way that I can get it across to people. So this next slide is an attempt to, for those of you who are visual, here's a flowchart. The mysterious plan of God at the top, previously, now, and so then at the bottom, Christ in the middle, for the engineers and systems thinkers among you, there's a feedback loop. (laughs) God reveals it. We start out in ignorance and sin. God has to do something. He does this. If we are tuned in, in a spiritual sense... He reveals something important to us, and he's doing it every day. As that lovely prayer was said, God reveals himself through creation every day. Through this creation, through this revelation, this intervention of God, we have a new faith and a knowledge which gives an understanding. This is the bit that I can't tell you about. This is the bit that you have to pray for spiritual opening of your eyes, that God will reveal through faith to you. And the core part is, therefore, so what? So then the church is called to live in love, unity, forgiveness, and, have, and do works of service. You can go to sleep now, because that's the guts of my, my message. Um, but don't, we'll wake you up afterwards for the tea and coffee. Um, so I will just quickly, and I was what I was also, also so conscious of, is that my words are absolutely meaning less and of no value so much more value are the words that you read in your own bible and i'm going to quickly bounce through some of those for you so god on slide the next one please thanks guys back up another question what riches what blessings can i touch these blessings can i smell them can i feel them can i are they rich can i bank them the answer to all that is no, but it's not a, a bad no, it's actually a good no. These things are in many ways more important. We hear of when people are in great, great strife, when they have absolutely nothing at all, what's left to them is their soul. The guy, Frankl, in the Nazi camp in Germany, Victor Frankl, everything was stripped away, what did he have? He had his soul. So the spirit and the soul are what's left and what are core and important. So the blessings and the riches that we read about in our books of Ephesians in the Bible, these are things that are are, are, are caught up in forgiveness of sin, salvation from spiritual and physical death. I can't paint these for you. I can't describe them. I can't show them to you. They are spiritually sensed and spiritually felt. And children get it. People from every country get it. All I can encourage you to do is to ask through prayer. Because these are the blessings and the riches that are are ours for the asking. Reconciliation to God. God wants to be in relationship with every one of us. He wants us to know and to understand and be with him. I don't get that, but that's what he's telling us to do. And the church is being built together to become a dwelling, not a building, the people, the connected people of all churches in every country, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We can't see that. I can't paint it, but you will feel it. And I would love you to feel that. Okay. Um, slide 17. Thanks, Doug. By the way, those guys do a wonderful job up the back. Thank you. Again, this mystery of Christ. Jesus desired the Gentiles, the people who was, he went out and spoke a lot to the Gentiles. He left his own people aside and went beyond to talk to the people who weren't part of the in crowd. What is it? The church exists for the benefit of its non-members. He desired that all nations would be in his kingdom. Those words stop mine. Yeah, you can read that. I'm finding it hard to say them out. (laughs) The gospel. Here it is. It's the heart of the message. (sighs) Next slide. (laughs) Bad news and good news. This is the bad news, good news gospel. The bad news is we've all sinned. The good news is that God will forgive you and he wants you to come back. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, I put my hand up, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, our flesh, and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. That's the bad news, there is good news. But wait, there is good news. Many people don't want to hear the rest of that. The church has in some places and times not been able to get past that, to get people to stop long enough to hear the next bit. This is the next bit that I want to hear. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, doesn't sound like me, He made us alive with christ even when we were dead in transgressions it's by grace you've been saved nobody can say i did this myself i'm okay god did it always always did always will god's purpose in all this was to use the church the what The church, the church that's hurt so many people. The church that's been laughed at. To display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Again, apologies, I can't paint that. I don't understand it, but there's clearly a spirit world which God wants to talk to. And he's using his church to do that. This was his plan through the ages, and the central part of it was Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, I'm unable to understand it, yet I have to grasp it and can grasp it in faith. Therefore, Paul has his first therefore. We have our therefores. This is the first therefore from Paul. He's in jail, but he's saying, therefore, because of faith, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honoured. So guys, probably chained... By wrist and leg to a roman soldier he's unable to move out of his own home it's 63 a.d different world completely yet still and i would still say that he would have the same struggles and the same desires that every one of you sitting here has same needs the same everything yet he's able to say and i don't know why that his sufferings are for our glory and we should feel encouraged getting that message to every one of you sitting here has taken somebody a lot of, it's cost a lot a lot of prayer I know in my case a lot of prayer from my sisters, thank thank you Diane and Jill um, and through the ages and those people around you who've carried that message and the church carries that message and is commissioned to go beyond and do that still. Okay, thank you for listening so long. I'm nearly finished. So after all that, I've heard some words from Paul nearly 2,000 years ago. You would probably ask yourself, what possible relevance does this have in 2020? We've got so many other distractions, with so many things we've got to do and try and achieve. You may already be a believer, and there are many of you here. You may not be a believer, and you may not be a believer for a lot of reasons. You may not have any desire to know any more, and that's okay. You may be very much anti everything that we talk about and sit here to think about today. You may have been hurt by the church. You may be seeking. This mysterious plan of God has something to say to every one of us. The next slide I think is almost a repeat of what we've just seen but it's the previously the now and the so then previously as non-believers we were separate from Christ strangers socially and spiritually from those old testament israel promises without hope and without god but now if we are at peace and reconciled with god we're marked by faith in Christ Jesus sealed with the Holy Spirit, I can't paint that, I can't show you it, but you will feel it when you see it, when it happens. So what? So then, we are members of the household of God, all one in Christ Jesus, living stones as a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So after 2,000 years, Paul has connected us across that time with the same message. Therefore, how then shall we live? So I've heard all this, I've written it down, what does it mean? Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. As people of God, followers of Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the suffering servant, the mighty warrior, insert praise, here... And for those who are not believers, my last slide is this one. The church has been commissioned to act in faith, in hope, and in love, in humility, in gentleness, and forgiveness. And boy, do I struggle with all of those. This is a commission and a command, and I need to learn a lot more about it. That's my therefore. For those who are not in or understanding or not not yet with christ the cry of my heart is something which is really come taste and see that the lord is good he is good he is good can i paint that no don't look at me but look at the lord he is good Thank you for your attention. I'd just like to finish in prayer. Father, thank you for your revealing your mysterious plan to us. May we hold on tight to the bits that we can understand. And may we ask for your your revealing yourself to each one of us for the bits that we can't. I ask for your blessing on everyone here.